The passage requested for study tonight is found in the book of Colossians chapter 3. Here is verse 15. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. It was back in October. I said one Sunday morning that if you have a favorite passage you want to hear a sermon about, send me a text and I'll schedule that for a Sunday evening. And my phone pinged before noon that morning. And every Sunday evening since, I've been preaching from passages you have suggested. And if you haven't done that and you would like to, I remain open to it. Send me an email, text, or write a passage down and hand that to me. I think it is good. I think it is a good way for my preaching to be connected to your interest in the Word of God. So we're at Colossians 3.15 tonight. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. From God, through Paul, to Christians in Colossae, and of course you know what I'm going to say, this verse has a context. Earlier in the Colossian letter, Paul is affirming the truth about Christ and the church in terms of the preeminence of Christ. This is typical of Paul. The final chapters of an epistle are applications of the truth that is affirmed in the earlier part of the epistle. So in this case, early in the Colossian letter, the preeminence of Christ, he is head over the church. That is affirmed with clarity in chapter 1. And then you discover in Colossians chapter 2, there was a spreading error about Jesus Christ. And Paul is answering that by affirming the truth about the deity of Christ, his supremacy over his church, and all that can be called the preeminence of Jesus Christ. And at one point in this, early in the Colossian letter, in chapter 2 and verse 12, Paul speaks to Christians as people who have been buried with Christ in baptism and raised with him. So in Colossians chapter 3, there is the transition into the practical part, the application part. If you've been raised with Christ, if you've been buried with him in baptism, and then raised with him, you were raised to what? To what kind of life? Chapter 3, Colossians chapter 3. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is your life, appears, 
then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here, there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on, therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. I want you to notice something about the grammatical structure of this in Colossians chapter 3. There is a grammatical structure that could be described as if and then, and it works this way. If this is so, then here is what should be done. So, if you were buried with Christ in baptism, chapter 2, verse 12, and raised from that act of obedience, you were raised to what? And Colossians 3, 1 to 17 has the answer. You were raised to seek the things that are above where Christ is at the right hand of God. Colossians chapter 3 is about what kind of people we are to be after being buried with Christ in baptism and raised from that act. We are raised to live a certain way, to think, act, and speak, and react in a certain way. And we've read how Paul describes that life in Colossians 3, 1 through 17. Now, part of this is the verse I've been asked to cover, but I want us to see it in its literary setting, in its context. And all this connects to what Paul has affirmed back in chapter 1, the preeminence of Christ. 
who he is, what he did, where he is, the preeminence of Christ. He is supreme. If he is who the apostles claimed him to be, and if we've been buried with Christ in baptism, we are raised to live the life that is described in Colossians chapter 3. And part of that is being ruled by the peace of Christ. Part of his supremacy is what he did for us to purchase for us relationship with God that we accept and become a part of when we're buried with him in baptism. Let me say that again. Part of Christ's supremacy, which is the early theme in Colossians, is what he did for us on the cross that purchased for us what we couldn't buy for ourselves, peace and fellowship with God. We receive that when we're buried with Christ in baptism. So in Colossians, there is this thematic emphasis on the preeminence of Christ that involves what he did for us so that we can be at peace with God and we accept that and become a part of it when we're buried with him in baptism and that truth, that peace with God that Jesus provides should then govern us and rule us after we're baptized until we die. Now, where do we take that specifically? Well, we're back to this structure. If this is so, then this is so. If you've been buried with Christ in baptism, then you will be true to your calling. It says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body. I want you to focus for a moment on that idea of being called. Answering that call in baptism and then living that calling. When you heard the gospel, God was calling you to come out of sin into the body of Christ. At baptism, that happened. You answered that call with the obedience of your faith. You became a member of the one body of Christ. Now, don't just think of that in its initial expression. Think of it as a way of life. A calling. A way of life. Christ died so that we might have peace with God as that truth rules within us. We live according to our calling. We must think of being a Christian as a calling that we not only answered first in baptism, but that we get up and answer and live out every single day as active disciples of Christ. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. By the way, that connects to what Robert read this morning. We are called into one body. That is the church, the church that belongs to the preeminent one, Christ. 
the church that he has authority over. So I need to be true to that calling. We are true to that calling as we live as members of the body directed by the preeminent head of the body. If the peace of Christ rules in your heart, you will put on the garments of righteousness. If the peace of Christ, if what he did for you that enables you to have peace with God, if that rules you every day, you will adorn yourself with the garments of righteousness. Now, the Bible has a lot to say about how we dress. How we present ourselves to God and to people with modesty and propriety, not worldly or provocative. This is about what we put on and wear inside, spiritually, that is connected to what we put on and wear outside. Think of it as the inner dimension and the outer dimension, and they're connected. Why proper physical dress is necessary derives from how we adorn ourselves inside spiritually. Conversion is sometimes depicted, and here is, as taking off the old rags of sin and putting on the pure and fresh garments of righteousness. And Paul makes this very specific. Back at verse 12, put on. See, that sounds like garments. And indeed it is the garments that we wear inside connected to what we wear outside. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on Love, which binds everything together in harmony. There was this sermon that I preached nearly 50 years ago when I was getting started out in a little country church in Arkansas. It was back in the days when preachers used blackboards, you know, blackboards with yellow chalk. And after preaching, your suit would be covered with yellow chalk dust. I always thought that blackboards were invented by dry cleaners. Had to take your suits in a couple of times a month to get the yellow chalk dust out. Anyway, I would come into this little country church where I was preaching, and I would, I would put things on that blackboard before everybody got there, and I'd cover it up with a sheet. And then when I got up to preach and started to introduce the sermon, I'd pull the sheet off the blackboard. That was the 1970 equivalent of PowerPoint. I'm so thankful for PowerPoint. Anyway, in this particular sermon, I would come in and draw a closet on the blackboard. And inside that closet, I would write compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, patience. 
And so to speak, I would take each of those garments out of the closet as I brought them up in the sermon, and I would give additional descriptions about what those words mean and how we ought to be those kind of people. With these attitudes, if one has a complaint against another, it says, forgive each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. You wear these garments inside and you'll be practicing forgiveness according to the New Testament model. See, these attitudes are present in the hearts of those who are ruled by the peace of Christ. And it causes us to act like the Lord, forgiving as He forgives. Now, that doesn't mean ignoring sin, endorsing sin, looking the other way, or telling people their sin is okay. It means forgiving, following the pattern of how the Lord forgives the penitent. Now, who does that? The people who wear these garments. Well, who wears these garments? Those who are ruled by the peace of Christ. Who were those people? Those are the people buried with Christ in baptism. It's all connected. What else? If the peace of Christ rules in your hearts, you'll be true to your calling. You will put on the garments of righteousness and you will be grateful. Several times in this context, gratitude comes to the surface. The last three words in verse 15, and be thankful. If you really appreciate what Christ died so that you can have peace with God, and that truth rules your life, one effect is gratitude. I hope for me and for every one of us, gratitude is much more than just two words. Thank you. It needs to be an attitude inside. Gratitude begins when you praise God for His rich and constant generosity toward us. Christ gave His life. And Jesus, Jesus provides through His Word all things that pertain to life and godliness, salvation, strength to live right, heaven. The atonement of Christ and His example is our access to God so that we have this peace. Sincere gratitude begins with that praise for God, for His rich generosity, then that gratitude becomes a part of us and impacts everything about us. And we, we thank God and we thank people and we appreciate people who help us and, and encourage us and love us and even those who correct us. If you really appreciate what Christ died for you to have, peace with God, and you've been buried with Christ in baptism, as that truth rules in you, one impact is gratitude. I looked up the word. The quality of being thankful. It's not just an occasional thank you. It's the quality, the inner quality of being thankful. Readiness to show appreciation and return kindness. Gratitude is pleasing to God. And should always be directed to Him. 
even when we thank people that are here. It is commended, therefore, because it pleases God. It's good for us. It's good for the people we express it to. It is part of how the peace of Christ rules in us. It is critical to that inner garment suit that we wear, that we be thankful. If the peace of Christ rules in your hearts, the word of Christ will dwell in you. Now see, I talked about I talked about how I didn't like the blackboards, and now PowerPoint has messed up on me. I guess it has to do with the operator. But here's the point. The word of Christ will dwell in you richly if that peace rules inside of you. Isn't it refreshing and an amazing act of God's grace that we have the word to convict us and comfort us and remind us and inform us and keep us spiritually healthy? And today, there are so many ways we can let the Word dwell in us. We're doing that right now. Listening to preaching from the Word. The Word of Christ is able to dwell in us. Bible classes Sunday morning and Wednesday night. Daily Bible reading. Using electronic devices to listen to the Word being read. Many people do that. Meetings like the one we're going to have in a couple of weeks. Websites with recordings and blogs and podcasts published by faithful men. Family Bible reading time. There are just so many ways. Isn't it refreshing? All these opportunities we have to be nourished and filled and motivated by the Word of God. And in all that involvement, the peace Christ purchased for us is being embraced and it's ruling and governing our lives. Let me add one more dimension to this. This came up in my mind as I was developing the thoughts in Romans 12, 18. If possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. When I let the peace of Christ rule in my heart, I am equipped to live at peace with others. Even if others reject that peace. I'm able to do everything within me to maintain and encourage good peaceful relationships. Romans 12, 18. If possible, as far as it depends on you, Live at peace with everyone. That's, that's part of letting the peace of Christ rule in you. Doing everything you can, everything I can to promote and encourage from our perspective and our end, good, peaceful relationships. Well, here's what I want to do. Before I go home and dust all the chalk dust off my suit, listen again. To Colossians 3, 1 through 17. If then you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. 
When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked when you were living in them, but now... You must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here, there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, Barbarian, Scythian, slave, free. But Christ is all and in all. Put on, therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these... Put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness, in your hearts to God, and whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. The peace of Christ is our fellowship with God that we accepted when we were buried with Christ in baptism. That truth, that peace of Christ must rule in the hearts of obedient believers. As we are true to our calling, we wear inside the garments of righteousness. We are sincerely grateful to God and others. That's an attitude we carry. And we are nourished and filled and motivated By the word of Christ. What a tremendous passage to study and apply as we continue in 2020. And then as we continue until the Lord comes to let his peace rule in our lives. Let's be standing as we sing. Out of my bondage, Father.